This is the Man in a Room podcast. This is Man in a Room. It is a podcast. A podcast. You're listening to Man in a Room. Hello and welcome to this episode of Man in a Room. I'm in a different room today. Uh, I've done one in the studio, which is basically a second bedroom. Done one in the kitchen uh, for the washing up episode. And now I'm in the living room. And you have to forgive me. I'm uh, still experimenting with recording techniques. And I found my old voice recorder. So I'm going to record the episode on that, see how it goes. Because uh, I want to try and take it a bit, a bit more mobile than I currently am. Um, oh, why not, you know, I'm a travelling person, I walk around, I go places, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know, a podcast episode would probably be pretty good here, but I never get around to doing it. Um, so yeah, so this is, well, just a little test really, isn't it? So it's not really a test, it's, it's an episode, alright, just, I'm just explaining why I sound a little bit different today, okay? That's the reason why, you know, the washing up episode seemed to go alright, but there was a few technical hitches because of the... You know, me using a phone. But anyway, um, I've had really vivid dreams recently. Like it's been quite strange the amount of sort of weird dreams I've been having. Um, because well, I've been very interested in something called lucid dreaming for absolutely ages. Because I find you know the, the prospect of being able to control one's dreams that's quite an interesting prospect. You know, you can basically do what the heck you want. Um, because basically you wake up in your dream, in your dream state, and you're able to just do stuff, all the crazy weird stuff. Um, because my mind, uh, is a, is a very, it works in a very weird way. That's all I'm going to say. It's a very strange thing. And I have weird dreams. Like, um, I think I've mentioned it before, but when I was a kid, um, I had a dream that my, my dad was given like a, a joke cigarette, which he lit exploded in his face and he morphed into the rabbit from the moonwalker film you know with michael jackson the weird michael jackson film the bit where he turns into a rabbit you know the bit where he turns into a rabbit on the moonwalker film that bit didn't know it terrified me as a kid but apparently it did i made the mistake of telling my brother that dream and um yeah he mocked me for it, it to, probably to this day he'd laugh at that Imagine him laughing his bum off at that, thinking, oh, you know, Moonwalker Rabbit, you're such a weirdo. Um, but it's re- what's really weird, though, is when you have a dream about someone that you know, and um, it's always a bit weird because it's like um, you feel like you've had an experience with them, but obviously they weren't there. But because you have experienced that, you think they'd probably want to hear about it. But the problem with that is, is when they're all like, oh, was it a sex dream? It's like, well, no, it's, it, that's not that's not the reason what it is. You know, the, what, dreams are a, a construct of thoughts and memories from uh, daily life that are then merged into uh, just a weird subconscious thing. And so you are the happy chosen recipient of the fact that, you know, I must think a lot of you think you're, that you're a good person because hey, or or a bad person. I just think I have a strong opinion on you, good or bad. Um, you know, 
so you're in my dream. Um, but yeah, I made the mistake of telling somebody they were in my dream once. Oh my god! Like it's one of those things where it was a it was a very funny image, and obviously it, in my head it wasn't a sex dream, so it's perfectly fine to tell this person it. Because that's the thing. Because the thing is, when, when people automatically assume, oh, was it a sex dream? No, you know, why, why would I tell you that I ha- I dreamed of that with you specifically? Because that'd be very weird, like sharing that, you know? So basically, in this dream, um, I had of this person, which I told them of. Again, it wasn't a sex dream. I'd, it wouldn't be a sex dream if I was telling you this story. That's my point, yeah? So I dreamt that they were... Um, jet skiing <laughs> so, so basically I was fishing uh, with my dad and then this person sort of turned up in like a you know, on a jet ski <laughs> down the river like in some sort of weird sort of action movie set on the Norfolk Broads and you know then wearing this this long flowing coat I think it was like I think it was like um, a zebra print and it's like it was just funny. It's oh yeah, because well, the person it was a woman, and they were like, oh, you know, like a Bond girl. I was like, in my, head, I don't watch James Bond, so no, I didn't think you were being like pussy galore. <laughs> it says pussy. I'm sorry for saying that word twice, but you know that's the innuendo we have to l- listen to when we watch a James Bond film. Um, that's the calibre, even of Carry On films. Ugh. But yeah, it's um. Yeah, so I made that mistake, and it's just weird how we feel that, like that that urge to tell someone that that we've had a dream about them. It's like it's very weird that we feel like, oh yeah, they'd probably want to really hear that. And it's like, it, well, I have weird dreams, and I I like sharing them because when I share them, it helps me remember more of it. So, um, you know, I had a you know, so basically just rewinding back so I, I mentioned that i'm interested in lucid dreaming and i heard there's this actually this this type of tea and i sent off some i actually use it on a, on, on a regular basis um it's a type of natural tea that apparently it like enhances dreams so like they become more vivid or they just become more sort of colorful and or you know makes you remember them a bit more because there's something in this sort of natural tea that is legal, by the way. It's not. It doesn't give you weird dreams. It just makes your dreams really vivid. Um, and uh, it was quite funny actually because I I went to this uh, festival years ago, um, and they, I went to this. They had these. It's all like music acts and like all that kind of stuff. But there was this. They had these workshops that you could just go to, and I went to one about lucid dreaming. And they were like, "Oh, if you get some mugwort tea, drink that before you go to bed, and then you'll notice that dreams." I become a lot more sort of vivid. Um, and it was funny because they were all like, because uh, obviously I'm at a festival, I didn't have a pen or paper or anything like that with me. So I had, they were like, oh, you have to get mugwort. I was like, oh, how am I supposed to remember the word mug? And I was sort of like, oh, I said, walk around like mugwort, 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 mugwort. Don't forget mugwort, mugwort, mugwort. And it's just like mugwort. And then the word mugwort sort of made me laugh. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And um, they also said about, oh, there's a prescription drug you can get. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not going to dabble. They said, well, that's the, the most efficient way of becoming a lucid dreamer is this prescription drug. And I was like, well, it's not actually in England, nor is it legally obtainable. So it's a prescription drug in America that you have to import and hope they don't notice. I'm like, I'm all right. And do you know what? I'm not going to tell you what that's called. 
Um, I just want to say that I've not taken it, nor would I ever take it, because it's apparently a drug to help dementia patients. And, you know, there are many prescription drugs that people use that can be used in a way that is illegal for recreation. And I'm not here to pump that and tell people, like, yeah, do that. I'm not going to tell you what it's called. But it was funny, because the way I remembered that one... um, just because I wanted to Google it when I got home. Um, and, uh, yeah, because it's like the, it sounded like someone's surname who I thought was a mug. I was like, no, it's a mug. So that's, yeah, that's why I did it. Yeah. I love the word mug. I love calling people a mug. Oh, you mug. Look at you, you mug. Such a mug, aren't you? You mug. Yeah. Talking of mugs, it's time for tarot and tea. It's a beverage and divinity. Ooh. I actually haven't got a cup of tea, gonna be completely honest about that. All I have is my tarot cards. Um because well, you know, that's that's what we're here for. So generally what I do is I have um swig of tea and a quick tarot reader. Now I just wanted to say straight off the bat, not thinking of anyone specific at all. Um this is uh you know just a bit of fun. Might be make sense to you and all that kind of stuff. It's just a thing, just to give you a fresh perspective. I don't believe in the the, the necessary all the things that go on with tarot. I just think it's like I say an interesting way of thinking about what's going on in your life. I draw three cards, a very quick thing: uh, past, present, future. So basically, you know, your past, your present. How to explain it? Really, it's like you know, this is if this is going in your past. You know, this is what is going on right now, and this is what your future might be. It's quite simple. Right. Cut the cards. Our first card is the the, f- the Five of Wands. Uh, from what I can see here, is basically a bunch of dudes sort of going at it with a bunch of wands. Well, I say wands, these large turd-like sticks. Um, and they're all sort of dressed in that sort of weird period drama. Like, not period drama, that weird sort of time where we can't really... Uh, tell what it is but they look like there are some sort of war so possibly you know slapping each other with sticks you know if in, maybe having a falling out with someone uh, this could be for you um so the next card which is uh the oh it's the the nine of pentacles uh but it's some, some well basically it's not it's upside down for one so it's going to be of a weird meaning it's going to be the opposite of what i think it's going to be uh there's a bird on a lady's hand, uh, and she's there with her, um, she's a farrier, she's a farrier, she's got a glove, she's got a gloved hand, the other hand isn't gloved, and she's uh, standing there, sort of relying on her her nine uh, pentacles, which as I said before, is one that is those uh, like pentagrams, uh, but uh, yeah, it, I, I don't know, because obviously she seems pretty, like she's doing pretty well, so maybe, you know, if currently if you're sort of not doing too good on the old, uh, on the old financial front, you know, and or maybe sort of been all like, well, this is, this is, I've I've achieved some stuff, and um, it's not really meaning anything, um, you know, you feel empty. <laughs> this could be for you. So this is the problem, you see. I'm trying to actually do like proper. Um, uh, I got the I got these cheat sheets, but they don't. Every time I do a cheat sheet, they just seem a little bit of a downer. But the future, let's go for that. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the 
the major arcana, the higher arcana, whatever you want to call it, one that isn't a suit, it's the emperor, and he's upside down. And so basically, he's sitting on a throne. Uh, he's got sort of goat head, goat skulls on his on the edges of his, um, on the arms of his chair, whatever you want to call it. And um, you know, he's a. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like it seems like a bit of a bit of a dick, really. So you know, your future might have you might have to you know there might be some sort of asshole about and you know just just be careful there are assholes around so just be on high alert for any assholes because they're about and he's all like yep yeah, i've got goat scars on on the arms of my chair because i'm a because i'm a bum hole basically anyway so just you know that is that isn't the future that can be changed so don't worry about that um yeah um so anyway this has been tarot and tea it's a beverage and divinity. Ah. Anyway, I'll be back after this very short break. If you have any thoughts, comments, or questions, please do not hesitate to send them to show at maninaroom.co.uk. The other day, I experimented with having like a really sort of fun wake up. It's quite nice. Uh, I found out that there's a new type of vegetarian bacon, which is so good. Like, it's ridiculously good. I bought it, and I was like, this can't, this looks, this looks the part. It looks real. So, you know, it's all down to taste. And I was like, wow, that's actually really, really good. So, um, just a shout out to Richmond for their meat-free rashers and, uh, back slices, whatever they want to call them. Very, very nice. Cause the thing is with, with sort of, sort of the newer vegetarians, I mean, and now that obviously I'm including, including myself in that, um, it's well, like we, we're used to eating meat and all that kind of stuff. So it's nice to have an experience because obviously, I'm, I, you know, there's a certain part of our brains like, oh, that used to be quite, you know, used to enjoy d- doing that. So they've made it. So it's like, it's got the rind. So it's like, it's actually like, it looks like bacon, smells like bacon, tastes like bacon. Um, obviously the texture's a bit, off but it's still like still better than some of the worst bacon i've ever had so um yeah and do you know what i thought because i like music music is a big part of my life i thought to myself do you know what i'm gonna pop on some abba because uh abba makes me feel good um so and i pop some abba on and it's really abba are very weird for me really because i've got this sort of weird history with them because I remember the first time ever sort of coming across ABBA was when the Smash Hits Poll Winners Party. That's right, that's how old I am. The Smash Hits Poll Winners Party, which is basically the like an award ceremony that used to be like for sort of teeny bopper music and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like you have the Brit Awards, you have the Grammys and all that kind of stuff. But the Smash Hits Poll Winners Party in, in, well, in England was very specifically sort of like for a magazine called Smash Hits. And it was like a thing. It was very much tongue-in-cheek and a little bit goofy, but it was fun. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, um, I, just, I completely forgot what I was even talking about. Smash Hits. That was it there. Yeah, so the Smash Hits. They did this um, thing where they had like a tribute to ABBA. So basically had all these people like of the time uh, singing like an ABBA medley 
I never heard ABBA before. It's supposed to sort of, I think, launch or bring awareness of ABBA to a younger generation because they just released the album ABBA Gold, which is obviously the greatest hits of ABBA, which I think still probably is in the charts because it's like it's just so popular. It's like the Queen's greatest, or, or not the Queen's, Queen's greatest hits. You know, Don't Stop Me Now and all that kind of stuff and, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and all the other songs that I don't like. Um, so they did this like ABBA medley and I remember at the very, very end there was a song which said thank you for and we thank ABBA for the music for giving it to me and it's like you know they changed it because oh yeah ABBA gave us all this music isn't it great and all that kind of stuff and I thought how arrogant because apparently the the guys of ABBA actually helped them do that medley and so thanking themselves was a bit of a like a kind of like a mm, bit of a weird move in my head so um you know that's that sort of put me on the back foot um and it didn't it took me years to realize something that happened in my childhood so basically i was a, i was born in 1984 so basically i grew up and there was still like a, a vast selection of vinyl around and like tapes and like there's not cds wasn't really around you know as much they were expensive and you know my parents music collection was on record so you know there's a, a collection there that can be accessed and all that kind of thing and um so basically i was given a record player by one of my nan's friends and she told me very specifically the next time i saw him say thank you for the music and um you know i obviously now realizing that is actually a thing that's an ABBA song. Thank you for the music. I didn't know that. I didn't think my nana knew much about music, really, you know, because he's the older generation. She doesn't know about music. Um, turns out that's not necessarily true because uh, when um, when she passed away, her record collection was passed on to my, my mother. And so basically, there's just the selection of music uh, there, including an ABBA album. So, you know, look at that. Turns out my nan and my granddad liked a bit of ABBA and Stevie Wonder. Who would have thought? Um, anyway, um, so, you know, I, and I didn't say thank you for the music to her friend because I thought, well, I don't want to sound like a bit of an idiot. Obviously, I didn't know it was an ABBA song and obviously I felt bad for like messing it up. She got a bit annoyed. I couldn't understand why she was annoyed about me not saying it correctly. Because then she went to her friend. He was supposed to say thank you for the music. <laughs> I remember that very specifically. Um, but ABBA, it's just, a, I don't know, it's just ingrained in my brain that just ABBA are just a fun pop band to listen to and all that kind of stuff. And I will happily throw hands at anyone who tells me otherwise. Anyone who doesn't like ABBA probably likes Queen. You know, you're a Queen. If you, you know, I don't think the, the twine shall ever meet. I'm an ABBA fan. I don't like Queen. Queen probably don't like ABBA. So it's like, you know. And do you know what's actually very strange, though? So when I was listening to these ABBA songs, um, it, it's during the morning. So I wasn't, obviously, I was, I was sober. Sober as a, sober as a, I say, as a Pope, was a, as a, well, a sober person, I suppose. And Dancing Queen came on, and I don't know the last time I heard Dancing Queen when I was sober, because every time I hear Dancing Queen, I'm pissed. I'm at some sort of event, and I'm thinking, 
all the dance floor's a bit empty. Let's plop on a bit of Dancing Queen. Everyone will be getting up and doing a bit of Dancing Queen, including me. I love a bit of Dancing Queen. Um, Dancing Queen's a good song. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a very weird experience, like hearing it sort of fully like aware of what's going to not, not like want to go mental and dance to it. Um, like some sort of crazed animal who's just been let out for the first time and can hear music for the first time as well ever. Uh, you know, going like, yes, you can dance, you can jive, having the time of your life, you know? And, uh, the ABBA, the ABBA also remind me of, um, the film Muriel's Wedding. I can't hear ABBA without thinking of Muriel's Wedding. Like, I bloody love Muriel's Wedding. I remember the first time I've watched Muriel's Wedding because it's like, um, Australia is very sort of close to the humour of, of England. And, but they're, they're just a little bit more rough around the edges. And I like that. And Muriel's Wedding is a very good example of just how fantastic Australian humour is. Cause it's like, you just nailed it. It's just fantastic. Like, literally, there's so much in that, which I quote on an almost daily basis. You're terrible, Muriel. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. And if you've never seen Muriel's Wedding, give that a watch. Same with Pugwall Summer, Round the Twist, you know, all these great shows. Um, Heartbreak High, you know, um, so much Australian comedy out there. Obviously, Dame Edna Everidge, if, if they're cancelled or not. I don't know if, uh, Dame Edna or Barry Humphreys is cancelled. Um, but I assume so. These days, I think most of Australia's output's probably been cancelled, especially in this country. Um, but, you know, they call each other the C word. How dare they? Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, actually, you know what? Last thing before I forget, I just remembered there's a weird ABBA movie. There's a movie with ABBA about ABBA. I only saw it once. They, I think they showed it. They, they show that they did. They showed that on TV years ago. It must have been during the revival of ABBA back when like ABBA Gold was released. They played it on the TV and I was like, what is this? And it turns out that they're weird Australian. It's a weird Australian film and it had Lou Carpenter from Neighbours in it. I was like, that's Lou Carpenter looking young. Look at young Lou Carpenter. He, be- he became, he went onto Neighbours and became a dick. What happened? Um, so yeah, it wasn't your Neighbours or. Yeah, is yeah he used to have the weird rivalry with with Harold Bishop, didn't he? That's it. Um, he used to watch that stuff, you know, before it was cool. Before well, I say it was, was it ever cool, really? Um, but yeah. Anyway, I'm off and on about absolute nonsense. I need to get going. Um, so uh, I'll be back again next week for more of this kind of thing. Um, don't forget to visit the Patreon as well if you want to support me. Link is in the description. And, um, yeah, thanks for enduring this and, uh, catch you soon. Who is the man? Where is the room? It's some guy you've never heard of in a room you've never been in. For more information, head over to maninaroom.co.uk.